right, so does, does everybody have an outline? Anybody need an outline? All right. So let's get right into this because uh, I only get about 30 minutes or so. And if, you've, if you uh, look at this outline, it's pretty extensive. But as I was getting into it, I didn't know what to leave out. So basically, I left everything in here. <laughs> It's kind of uh, compacted from, what, from the full outline, but all the major points are here. Okay, so uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Amen. So tonight, we're just here journeying. Amen. Journeying with God. Amen. You know, in Genesis, we saw, how, we saw the individual aspect, but now that we're in the book of Exodus, we're seeing the corporate aspect. As God's corporate people, how he's, uh, he's revealed himself to us, He's revealed the building as the goal of his salvation. Last week we saw the matter of his called one Moses and how Moses saw him in the burning thorn bush, right? Well, tonight uh, we want to go on and see something further, and that's the matter of the purpose of God's calling. And uh, as we get into this, we have to remember, according to Paul's word in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, all these experiences that the children of Israel went through in Exodus, these are types for us. So these are examples for us, all these stages that they're going through. So we need to realize that what they're experiencing there in uh, Exodus in type, we need to be going through all these stages in our experience in our Christian life and in our corporate pursuit of the Lord. Because as we've started to see, God's goal is something corporate. It's not just me and Jesus and me growing and uh, getting more mature in the Lord, although that's part of it. But ultimately, God's goal, His purpose, is with something corporate. So that's what we want to see tonight. We want to see this matter of the purpose of God's calling. Okay. Um, and there's a few key words in here that I want to make sure that you leave with tonight. I don't want you to get, uh, I, want you to, I want to make sure that you see the, the whole forest. So I want you to just focus on a few words uh, or expressions. The first one is out of, and the second one is into. So God's, the purpose of God's calling us has an out, out of aspect, and an into. So there's a negative, dark background, a situation of tyranny that we need to get out of. And there's something very positive called the good land, which is a type of Christ that we need to get into. Amen. Right? So how about I'll just read here a little bit. Uh, Roman numeral one, the purpose of God's calling was to deliver the children of Israel, God's chosen people, what? Out of the tyranny of the Egyptians and out of Egypt, the land of bondage, and to bring them into Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey. There's the purpose, out of, into, out of bondage, out of tyranny, out of Egypt, out of the Egyptian bondage and tyranny, and into the land, this good land flowing with milk and honey. And we see this in Exodus 3, 7 through 8. How about, uh, let's see, who can read that for us? Brian, how about you, Brian? Can you stand up and read to us Exodus 3, 7 through 8? Sure. 
And Jehovah said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. So there it is, out of and into. And you consider, here's Moses. We saw this one that the Lord called last week. And um, first 40 years, he was getting educated in Egypt. And then he slays an Egyptian. And then he flees. And then he's in the wilderness for 40 years, taking care of sheep until he ends up on the backside of the wilderness. By this point, he's 80 years old. And even according to Moses' own words in the Psalms, if you live to be 80, you're doing really good. So in Moses' view, by the time he's 80, he's ready to just throw in the towel. It's over. So all of his natural ability, all of his strength was gone. And then God appeared to him in that burning thorn bush, right? You consider this. God has called him for this purpose, this out of into purpose, this 80-year-old man with no more natural strength. Maybe, maybe if God had done this when he was 40, he would have said, yeah, let's do it. But now, after 40 years with those sheep, all he knew how to do is talk to sheep. How's he going to lead all of God's people? And this is Egypt. You know, this is the, this is the center of the civilized world. Pharaoh was like the ruler of the world. How's he going to bring them out? And how in the world is he going to bring them into this good, good land? It was like a dream, right? But actually, it wasn't a dream. This was God's calling. So God was going to do it. In the same way today, brothers and sisters, today, the Lord is doing it. He's calling a group of people out of bondage, out of tyranny in the world, and into Christ, and into God's purpose, and into God's building in the good land. That's what God is doing today. So it's not a dream. Actually, this is the fulfillment of God's purpose. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So, um, A, the nation of Egypt typifies what? The kingdom of darkness, and Pharaoh typifies Satan the devil, the kingdom of darkness. This is act, so Egypt here, it typifies the world, Satan's kingdom of darkness. And we're not talking about the physical universe, we're talking about a system designed by Satan to occupy people. So actually, the world is not a pleasant place, it's not an enjoyable place, it is a place of tyranny. It is a place of bondage. You know, when you're young, the world may look like a beautiful place. But the longer you're there, the more you realize the world is actually a place of tyranny. You know, every morning, I work, I work here on campus, and uh, my work schedule is 7 to 4. You know why my work schedule is 7 to 4, among other reasons? You know why it's 7 to 4? so I can avoid the tyranny of Austin traffic. If I was to work at 8, it would take me twice as long to get to work. Even now, a 20-minute ride, 15 to 20-minute drive, takes me 30 minutes. And I'm there fighting the traffic, 
It's like, where are all these people going? What are all these people doing at 6.30 in the morning? Do you think they're all excited to be there? Everybody's like, all right, let's go. Let's get on I-35 this morning. No, it's tyranny. That's the world, right? And then you get to your job and everybody's like, who's going to get the promotion? Who's going to get the better position? Or, uh-oh, the state's cutting back. Who's going to lose their job? What is that? That's tyranny. That is, that is making bricks for Pharaoh's treasure cities. And you're just there eking out an existence. That's, I mean, I hate to tell you all this, but the reason you're getting educated is to build Pharaoh's treasure cities, is to become a slave. You know, what starts here changes the world. No, actually what starts here just ends up in tyranny and bondage. That's right. What's that? Okay, that's just the world. I'm not telling you to get, don't get your education, but don't have hopes and all the dreams, right, of what the world has to offer you. Because we see from the picture here, for God's called ones, it has nothing to offer, right? And people in that system, they're living just for their existence. Their existence becomes the purpose of their living. I like, I was thinking about this before sharing. I thought, I would just like to give everybody a homework assignment. Go out this week and ask 10 people what is the purpose of your life? No intention to pre preach the gospel or anything. I mean, you can have some gospel tracts with you if you want and give them one. But just ask 10 people and just tell them you're doing a survey. Can you tell me what is the purpose of your life? And 9 out of 10 or maybe 99 out of 100, I don't know. They are not going to have a lot to say regarding the purpose of their living. And if you listen to most of them, most of them, it's actually just about their existence. Right? It's about career. It's about making money. It's about uh, making a name for themselves. But all this is just wrapped up with existence, right? But brothers and sisters, we're not here living for our existence. We're trusting in the Lord to provide for our existence. We're living for God's purpose. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're here in time, but we're not living for time, right? I'm not, just, I'm not just saving up for my 401k and this and that. So in that day, I can just... Just what? You know, take trips all over the world and enjoy life when I can hardly walk anymore. And <laughs> no, I'm not here living for my existence. Praise the Lord, we're here living for God's eternal purpose. Okay, so the nation of Egypt typifies the kingdom of darkness. Pharaoh typifies Satan, the devil. Okay, let's read together Colossians 1.13 who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, what a verse. We've been delivered. Sisters, have you been delivered? Yes. That's not strong enough. Brothers, have you been delivered? Yes. Yes. Sisters, have you been delivered? Yes. 
<laughs> All right. The Lord has delivered us out of that authority into the kingdom of the Son of His love. If you've believed, if you've been baptized, when you got baptized, you got transferred out. Yes. That was your exit from Egypt, right? Praise the Lord. Now, look at this, John 12, 31. This is a verse to stand on when Satan comes to bother you. Now is the judgment of this world. Amen. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. When the Lord was lifted up on the cross, the ruler of this world, who is who? Satan. He got cast out. So when Satan comes to bother you as one of God's called ones, one who's not in Egypt anymore, you can quote to him John 12, 31. Satan, go away. You've been cast out. Go read John 12, 31. Okay. To bring people out of Satan's hand and out of the kingdom of darkness is a mighty work. So in the New Testament, there's a high value placed on the gospel. Because in Romans, it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is a powerful thing, and preaching the gospel is a mighty work. We're not just saving souls. We are delivering people out of that satanic authority into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So look at Paul's word here in Acts 26, 18. This is to King Agrippa concerning his commission. Okay. And this commission is also our commission. Not only have we been delivered, but once you're delivered, you're also called in this, into this same purpose, to, to participate in other people being delivered, right? This isn't just Paul's commission. The gospel is all of our commission. We saw this, right? All the children of Israel were called out to serve the Lord. Not just Moses was out there serving the Lord. All of his people were serving him. So all of us have this commission. So let's read together Acts 26, 18. What is our commission? Go. To open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. And from the authority of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Right. Turn them from darkness to light, from the authority of Satan to God. This is what we see in type in Exodus. That's exactly what was going on. Okay. So that's, this is the out of, right? But then we also need something positive. On the positive side, there's the in too, and that's in C. In typology, bringing the children of Israel into Canaan, a good land flowing with milk and honey, signifies bringing people into what? What is that good land? Is it heaven? Into the all-inclusive Christ with his unsearchable riches. And we can see this in Colossians 1.12 because there Paul says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you for what? A share of the allotted portion of the saints in the light. So Paul's word in Acts 26 is turn them from darkness to light. And now we see our portion is what? With the saints in the light. This is an allotted portion. And literally, this is referring to a plot. This is a plot of land. Just like all the children of Israel. When they got into the good land, everybody got a part. Right? 
so here we've been qualified for a share of the allotted portion. We have part of this allotment. What do we have a share of? We have a share of the all-inclusive Christ. So we don't have time to get into all the details tonight, but we need to have the realization that that land that the children of Israel going into, this exceeding good land that flowed with milk and honey, is a type. It's a picture of Christ. So this is my question to you. Do you have a lamb Christ? I asked this question last semester. I think it was last or maybe two. Do you have a lamb Christ, L-A-M-B? Or do you have a land D, L-A-N-D Christ? How big is your Christ? Is he a little lamb or is he an ex expansive land, right? To have Christ as our lamb is to have Christ as our redeemer. To have Christ as our land is to have Christ as our everything. Amen. Everything in this room came out of the land. The cotton in this sweater, I think it's cotton. The cotton in this sweater, where did it come from? The land. Where did the flour that made the dough in that pizza tonight come from? It came from the land. Right? Where did the materials of this building, where did they come from? Where did the concrete come from? It came out of the stone in the land. Everything comes out of the land. That's what Christ wants to be to us. He wants to be a land Christ. That's all-inclusive. Not just a little lamb. We need the lamb. But we need to journey. We need the lamb on the door, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. We need the manna. We need the water from the rock. But we need to journey on. We gotta journey on until Christ becomes more and more to us in our experience. Till eventually, like Paul said, he's all and in all. Okay, so now going on today, Exodus chapter 3 reveals that in fulfilling the purpose of God's calling, there are three stations. So remember, out of, out of the tyranny, out of the bondage in Egypt, into the all-inclusive Christ, the good land, and we've got three, three stations that we're going through on this journey. And we're not going alone. Right? We're going out corporately. We exited corporately, and we've got these three stations along the way. Station number one is what? Wilderness. In some aspects, the wilderness is negative because it's a period, 40 years in the wilderness is a period of trials. So it has a negative connotation. But in Exodus 3, it's not a negative connotation. It's a positive connotation because... There, Jehovah said they needed to take a three days journey. What's three for in the Bible? Resurrection. They need to take a journey in resurrection out of the slave house, out of the tyranny, out of the bondage in the world. And they needed to get to a place that was separated from the world. It was standing opposed to the world. So this is a very positive experience in relation to the world. It is a place of separation where they could sacrifice to God. It's opposed to the world. Okay, Colossians 2.13. Let's read that together. And you... We were what? But what did he do? He made us alive together with him. So this has brought us to a place of separation. So through believing in Christ, through our baptism, this journeying has brought us to a place where 
The world, where is the world? It's underwater. All those chariots are underwater. Now we've taken a three days journey and we're in the wilderness, a place of separation. We're outside of the world. And then when we get there, what's the next stage? Or next station? It's the mountain. Not only were they separated from the world, but the Lord led them to a mountain. And this is what? Where we receive the revelation regarding God's eternal purpose. Remember, this is where they saw God. They saw that God was a holy God. God is a God of righteousness. God is a God of love. He wanted to infuse them with what he was. And also he wanted to reveal to them his purpose and intention for his building. So this is the second stage. And in Ephesians 1.9, to see a New Testament re uh, reference concerning this, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So this is the second, this is the second station. This is the mountain. And the mountain is an elevated place. Maybe today, maybe today you're in the valley. I don't know if today was a valley to you, but it's easy being on this campus to kind of get into a valley. Your studies bring you into a valley Maybe your roommate brought you into a valley. I don't know. But when you're in the wilderness and you're traveling there and you're journeying there, the Lord wants to bring you to a mountain. So tonight, I hope for all of us, this meeting is like a mountain. Is this a mountain to you? When I got here, it was like a mountain. It's like, this is the place of revelation. We're here with the people of God. We're outside of the world, just in the middle of this campus. And we're at the mountain. And at the mountain, what happens? We enter into the presence of God. And God reveals himself to us. And he reveals what's on his heart to us. Okay. But even, this seems like it's so wonderful. But even this is not good enough. We have to go on from this station. There's a third station. And that station is the good land. The all-inclusive Christ. Okay, let's read together Ephesians 3.8. Less in the least. Very interesting, right? Paul says, Grace was given to announce to the Gentiles what? The unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. How much riches is that? There's just no limit, right? He didn't, he didn't announce redemption as the gospel. He didn't, re, he didn't announce salvation as the gospel, all the, although these things were included. But in his word, he announced the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. That means that the riches of Christ cannot be searched out. There's too many. They're untraceable. How long is it going to take us to search out the unsearchable riches of Christ? How long is it going to take us? It's going to take eternity. Did you know that's what eternity is for? Eternity is just to search out all the unsearchable riches of Christ. It will take us eternity. But we're not waiting until eternity to begin that search. We're enjoying it today. Right? That's what the good land is to us. That is Christ becoming more and more and more to us in our experience. And not just as individuals, but corporately. 
Because to enter into that land, they crossed another river or another water. That was the Jordan River, right? At the, at the sea, the world was dealt with. What was dealt with in the Jordan? What did they leave behind there? Themselves. A new people came up. The people that went in to the wilderness were not the same group that went up. So the self got left there. If we're going to be built up as God's dwelling place together, how's that going to happen? I've got my background. Jeff has his background. Brian's got his background. Troy, I know he's got a different background than me. We used to live together. We were roommates back in the day. I know he looks a lot older than me, but we were roommates. I'm just teasing. I know. I probably look a lot older than you. I got all the gray hair. And I, got, I know I got gray hair. Um, anyway, so, okay, I got distracted there. So we're just journeying here, right? Amen. We're journeying into the all-inclusive Christ. Yeah, I got distracted. What was I saying right before that? Oh, yeah, all different kinds of backgrounds. How are we going to get built up together? We got black, we got white, we've got Asian, we've got Hispanic, we got all kinds of different cultural backgrounds, different colors, different socioeconomic statuses. We come from poor to rich to this to that. How's it going to happen? The self has to get buried, right? Jet's got to get buried, I got to get buried, Brian does, Troy does. We all get, got to get buried in the Jordan. And then we can all enter together to enjoy the all-inclusive Christ. All right, so what station are you at, brother, brothers and sisters? We just have to consider. Are we still in the world trying to change the world? What starts here changes the world? Or have we believed? Have we been baptized? Then we get out. Are we separated from that? Once we're separated, we go on to what? We go on to the mountain. And there we get the revelation. We begin to see something. But then we need to go a further step. We enter, need to enter into a life across the Jordan of pursuing Christ with the other lovers of Christ. Are you there yet? Are you there yet? Lord, may we all be on the way. You know, when I was 18 years old, I got baptized. And then I've just been journeying with the brothers and sisters ever since. Just been journeying, journeying, journeying. Sometimes I think there's something in the world, but a lot less than I used to. Sometimes I'm there at the mountain getting revelation, but other times I'm with the brothers and sisters in the good land, just pursuing, 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 pursuing. And there's nothing to look back. There's nothing to go back to. Brothers and sisters, we've been called into God's eternal purpose. This is worth pouring out everything on. This is worth our whole life. This fills our life with meaning. It fills it with purpose. Praise the Lord. I haven't wasted the last 30 years of my life. I've been journeying, going through the stations with God's people. Praise the Lord. And I want to be able to say 30 years down the road, Lord, I've continued. I've entered in more with the brothers and sisters. The Lord has his building. Lord, you can come back now. You have a, a dwelling place. You have a kingdom. You have a built-up people on this earth. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay. Um, and may God even use us to bring others through, through our gospel preaching. Others could be brought on this journey with us, brothers and sisters. Some of our friends, some of our roommates, 
some of our relatives, some of our coworkers, they could be brought into this journey. They wouldn't just be living for their existence, but they'd be living for God's eternal purpose. They'd get a revelation of God, get a revelation of what's on God's heart, and then begin to experience and enjoy the all-inclusive Christ with the brothers and sisters, get built up in Him so God could get an expression of Himself on the earth and His enemy could get defeated and the Lord's kingdom could come. Right? That's our prayer in Matthew, right? Lord, your kingdom come on this earth. There's no problem in the heavens, but it's on the earth. Your kingdom come to the earth. All right, so let's take the last few minutes just to see the purpose of God's calling as fully revealed in the New Testament. So that was the types, that's the pictures, and now we've got the words. Of course, the pictures are worth a thousand words. You know, without this picture, we couldn't have such a rich enjoyment or realization of the purpose of God's calling. It's so clear with these pictures, right? Where we're being taken from, where we're being brought to, and all the stations along the way. But now we can see the words in the New Testament. And one thing that I want to impress you with, each one of these verses mentions called. Every one of them speaks about calling. These are the verses in the New Testament that touch on the purpose of God's calling. Okay, so it's fully revealed in the New Testament. God's calling is according to his predestination. We were marked out for this. It's according to his purpose. He called us according to his purpose. And according to his grace, this calling is in Christ. Apart from Christ, God does not call us. And it is through what? The gospel. We receive this calling through the hearing of faith through the gospel. And there's verses for all these. There was not room to put them all, so I just put the reference. I would encourage you, take about an hour sometime during the week. Just go through all these verses. This, this outline, and I can say it because I didn't write it. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't produce something like this. Um, this is just like a treasure. It just outlines the whole scripture on the matter of the purpose of God's calling. It's just a masterpiece. I mean, I think you would really be impressed if you took a little time just to read each one of these verses. It's, so th- it's a, such a thorough presentation of God's calling. And it's solid as a rock. This is not anybody's opinion. This is purely from the Word of God concerning the matter of calling. The New Testament reveals various aspects of the purpose of God's calling. Let's read together. Number one. God has called us. Brothers, 1 Peter 2, 9. Okay, so this is the caption that goes under that picture in the Old Testament when they got called out of Egypt into the wilderness. Called out of darkness, Egypt, into his marvelous light, into Christ. God's calling is that his chosen ones may be separated and made holy unto him. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, the called saints. Okay, this may not be according to your concept. You know, my background as saint had a certain meaning. And I definitely was not one of them, right? But according to the New Testament, if you've been called by God, you are a saint. You've been sanctified. You've been separated from the world, right? To be filled with God's holy nature. Three, God has called us that we may enter what? Into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And this word fellowship in Greek, it means to partake of, participating in, enjoying, 
This is what God has called us into. He's called us into the enjoyment of Christ. Did you enjoy Christ today? Did you enjoy Christ today? Yes, praise the Lord. Maybe it's just a little bit, but I think if you're a believer, I think you had a little bit at least of enjoyment of Christ today. God called us into this fellowship. God is faithful. I'm not faithful, but God is. He's faithful through whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God has also called us into the sufferings of Christ. This, according to 1 Peter, is so we could be his reproduction. Again, I just want to put one, one line for each of these verses so it doesn't even have the whole set of verses, but the key phrase, you are called. You were called because Christ also suffered on your behalf, leaving you a model so that you may follow in his steps. Five, the body of Christ. Uh, God has called us for the body of Christ. God has called us into the peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ arbitrate in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. How are we going to be one body in Christ? We need the peace of Christ. Otherwise, there's going to be too much friction between us. There's no way that God can build us up as the body of Christ without the peace of Christ arbitrating in our hearts, you know, deciding all the conflicts, all the, the issues that might come up. Okay, six, God has called us for the purpose of obtaining the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this glory is just the expression. He's called us, brothers and sisters, that we could obtain the full expression of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called you through the gospel unto the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is calling us with the goal of our entering into the eternal glory of God. Not only to obtain the glory of of our Lord Jesus Christ, but enter into the eternal expression of of God. Okay, and then finally, God has called us into his kingdom. And let's read that verse together, 1 Thessalonians 2.12. So... kingdom and glory. So these eight verses in the New Testament show us, they give us the words. These are all the captions for that journey from tyranny and bondage in Egypt under Pharaoh into the good land. Praise the Lord for such a calling, brothers and sisters. This is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you looking for a calling for your, what's the calling for your life? This is it right here. There's nothing higher than this. Praise the Lord. All right. So um, if, you, if you turn your sheet over, um, there's some readings there. And those, the Roman numeral on the letter corresponds to the point on the front. So just so you can uh, reference what the, what the subject is for that particular section that you're reading. So I guess we break up into groups now for about 10 minutes or so, and then we can come back and overflow.